Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Hold it right up there before heaven and say, This is, this is. the uncompromising, ever living, indestructible, incorruptible, all powerful word of the living God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. As an act of my will, I set myself to receive from God's Word tonight. My ears are attentive. My mind is open. My heart is receptive. And I will be quickened according to the Word of God. And I will be changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the living God. And I boldly say, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now praise God and magnify His holy name. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Praise you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Bless the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. You may be seated. As we've been announcing, Sunday night services are Holy Ghost services. And I shared with you earlier that I would be talking a little bit about some things that took place at camp meeting, and I will do that. But first of all, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and define exactly what a Holy Ghost meeting is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I want you to notice that Paul said his preaching and teaching was in demonstration of the Spirit and also of power. In a Holy Ghost meeting, we have a meeting where God's Word is taught or preached in power or in the power of the Spirit. It is a meeting when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation or in demonstration. It is a meeting where the needs of God's people are met. And it is a meeting where the joy of the Lord is expressed. That definition helps us better understand what a Holy Ghost meeting is all about. See, sometimes people think that when you say Holy Ghost meeting, there's no structure to it whatsoever or we're just going to do whatever we want to do. And in some circles, that's what takes place. But that's not what a Holy Ghost meeting is all about. There can be some teaching or preaching of the Word of God. 
There will be giving place to the demonstration and manifestation of the Holy Ghost and power. And of course, the joy of the Lord will be expressed as well as the needs of the people being met. And this basically is what Brother Hagin was teaching on uh, when he was teaching there at camp meeting in Tulsa. He was talking about some of the different manifestations of the Spirit that are taking place within the church world today. How many of you know that things can be happening all around us and you might not even know what's going on? You may not even know what God is doing in the earth by His Spirit. All kinds of things could, can be happening, you know, by the Spirit of God in the earth. And if you're not in tune with what is going on, you won't even be aware of what God is doing or what is taking place in the spiritual realm. That's why we're always supposed to be keeping ourselves in tune with and exposed to the Spirit of God so that we can get in line with what He is doing in the earth today. God wants us to have faith in His power. God wants us to believe in the manifestation of Holy Ghost power. He wants us also to do what is necessary to have Holy Ghost power in manifestation and in demonstration. We can meet together in a service like this and if we don't do anything on our part to stir up the gift of God on the inside of us, we're not going to have Holy Ghost power in manifestation or demonstration. One fellow said it was something similar to this. You ever make yourself a glass of Hershey chocolate milk by getting some Hershey chocolate and pouring it into a glass of white milk? When you pour it in, it goes all the way to the bottom and it just sits there. Isn't that true? And if you were to drink it, you probably have a lot of white milk first before you ever got to the chocolate. And then, of course, it wouldn't be so good going down that way. In order for you to get that glass of chocolate milk, you've got to do something to it, don't you? What do you have to do? Stir it up. And we've been told to stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. If we don't stir up the gift of God, if we don't stir up the Spirit of God, there won't be spiritual manifestations or demonstrations. But if we do our part and stir up the gift of God on the inside of us, then we are going to have spiritual manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit in our midst. You see, it's up to us. God has already unleashed His power. God has made His power available unto every single one of us. And all we've got to do is get involved with what God is doing. If we will do that, beloved, then He is going to manifest Himself among us and in our midst and great and mighty things are going to take place. Now, I believe that the Spirit of God wants to do a whole lot more than the church really wants Him to do. There's no doubt in my mind but that the Holy Ghost is always ready to move and He is always all systems go. I believe that. And He is right now wanting to manifest Himself in the midst of the people of God. You know, we've been told in the Bible that if there is a form of godliness and a denying of the power thereof, we are to turn away from that kind of worship of God. As a matter of fact, we are told in, in the Word of God that that is going to be a sign of the last days. There would be people gathering together very religiously and they'll have a form of godliness, but they are going to deny the power thereof. And how true that is today. You know, everywhere we look today in many different circles, yes, they are gathering themselves together. Yes, they supposedly believe in the name of Jesus. But you start, start talking about Holy Ghost power. You start talking about speaking in other tongues. You start talking about miracles and signs and wonders and diversities of the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, oh, that all died with the apostles. I mean, can you imagine, my brother and sister, in the days of the apostles when the last one was here left upon this earth, can you even begin to imagine the long line there would be for healing or deliverance 
Wouldn't you feel bad for that fella? I'm the last apostle, and when I die, so do all the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. There won't be any more healing. There won't be any more miracles. There won't be any more signs and wonders. And so you've got a long line of people and everyone praying that he doesn't die before he gets to them. Imagine that. How would you like to be in the back of that line? And there he is getting pretty weak and, and, and haggard. And then finally when he kills over, falls dead. Well, it's happened. The last apostle died. No more signs, no more wonders, no more miracles, no more healings, no more spiritual manifestations. We might as well all just go home. I want you to know that God didn't die. I want you to know that He is still alive. I want you to know the Holy Ghost is the same Holy Ghost today as He was yesterday. Hallelujah. He's not changed. People have changed, but God hasn't changed. He's the still same that God today as He was yesterday. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No, the mindset of people has changed. And we've got to get back to the right kind of thinking. When we gather ourselves together like this, we expect God to move by His Spirit. We expect the Holy Ghost to manifest Himself through signs and wonders and specific manifestations because God wants us to have faith in His power. And if that power is not demonstrated, how in the world will we have faith in the power of the living God? Now, I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Psalms 126, 126th Psalm. Brother Hagin shared in his meetings and services that there is a manifestation of the Spirit of God taking place in the earth today that is not necessarily new, but it may be new in some specific areas that is new to this generation. Some just getting involved in spiritual things and not recognizing or realizing that some of these things took place many years ago. There is being manifested in the church today, along with laughter in the Holy Ghost, also people entering into trances by the power of the Holy Ghost. Remember when Peter was praying and... All of a sudden, he went into a trance. That means the power of God so overwhelmed him that he was under the power of God and could not come out from beneath that power until the power of God lifted. And during that time, God showed him certain things that would transpire and certain things that he was to do. Well, is that only for Peter? Can that only happen in someone's life who is an apostle? Well, Cornelius had an experience where he saw a vision and he wasn't even saved yet. And if you read through all the New Testament, you can find out throughout the book of Acts that many specific manifestations took place that didn't involve the apostles themselves, but others that were used mightily of God in different ways. And we need to make ourselves aware of the fact that God wants to do certain things by His Spirit. And maybe it's just not our style or not our way But we are going to have to be open to the Spirit of God if we want to enter into the full and rich blessings that He is bestowing upon the people of God today. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to enter into a trance. Another manifestation of the Spirit He talked about was people becoming dumbfounded. 
dumb, unable to talk. The Spirit of God coming upon him while he was preaching and he was unable to speak. And you have Scripture for that way back in the book of Ezekiel where, of course, he was struck dumb by the power of God and could not speak. And we see the same thing happening to Zechariah where he was struck dumb and he could not speak because he was speaking out against the plan of God. Ezekiel, of course, wasn't. And that was a sign to to the people. It was also a sign to the people in the day of Zechariah when he could not speak and they recognized that his son was going to be called John no matter what anybody said. And the moment he agreed with God and obeyed God, then he was able to speak again when that power of God was released from him. And then the people all marveled and were amazed at what had taken place and happened. And so we see specific things happening that maybe we're not accustomed to, but it doesn't mean that these things have never happened before within the church. We want to be taught of the Lord and taught in the Word of God so that we know the things that God does. And also, we want to make certain that we yield ourselves in a proper way to the Spirit of God. Now, one thing that was talked about was laughter in the Spirit. I want you to see here in the book of Psalms, Psalm 126, beginning at verse 1. When the, Lord tur- when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said, or, then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The heathen were talking about what great things the Lord had done for the Israelites. Well, I want you to notice something here. Here, of course, we're talking about the captivity of Zion when they were held by the Babylonians. They were in Babylonian captivity. And they were in mourning and crying out to the Lord day and night because of their captivity and because of their bondage. And finally, God delivered them. And when He did, it brought laughter to them. And it brought joy to them. See, it's not wrong to laugh. It's not wrong to have joy in God. Well, beloved, if it's true that that being the type of us being the true Zion of the Lord, the true Israel of God. See, Israel is spiritual. We are the spiritual Israel. We are the spiritual Zion. If it's true that they could laugh and they could rejoice And they could be glad for the great things that God had done for them in delivering them from the Babylonian empire and tyranny. How much more should we be ecstatic and overflowed with laughter and joy because of what great things God hath done for us? God has done a whole lot more for us. God has delivered us not from the Babylonians. He has delivered us from the whole power of darkness. He has delivered us from the tyranny of Satan. He has delivered us from all the prince of the power of the air and all those under His command. Every single one of us is delivered and set free by the power of God. And you know what, beloved? Sometimes we just don't get joyful enough about it. Sometimes we find ourselves dragging our heels thinking that it's not even fun to be a Christian. I want you to know something, beloved. God wants us to have returned to us the joy of our salvation. When you got saved, you had a joy unspeakable that was full of the glory of God. Isn't that right? Enjoy, there's glory. We're told in persecution, rejoice for the spirit of glory and of our God will rest upon you. Isn't that right? Think about that. And when you think about it, you know this scripture to be true. The joy of the Lord is 
your what? It's your strength. Well, if the joy of the Lord is our strength and fortified place, then can you imagine? The enemy would have it be this way. I'll attack their joy. I'll get them to a place where they're sad, where they're unhappy, where they're just going about through this life with a fallen countenance because if I can do that, I'll zap their joy. And they won't have any strength. They won't have any ability in God. But, beloved, that is a tactical strategy of the enemy to keep the people of God away from the glory of God. It's the glory of God that rests upon us, which is the Spirit of God, when the joy of the Lord is prevalent in our lives. Amen. God wants us to get together and be joyful. And you think about it. You look in churches everywhere today, and, you know, I understand the need for us to be to come together and to be somewhat reserved and in order and all that. But, beloved, if we can't gather together and shout praise to God and lift our hearts with joy and laughter and singing, something is wrong with us. We have no revelation of who we are and what we have and what God has done for us. It should get us to shout the praise of God. I'm telling you, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the nighttime... Even loud upon our beds. This is only a type. Their mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. Well, thank God. The Lord God turned their captivity, but He also turned our captivity. And if we, dear beloved, beloved brother and sister, are spiritual Zion, we too should rejoice. And didn't the Apostle Paul say to us in, in uh, the book of Philippians 4 and 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. In the good times, rejoice. When you're attacked by the enemy, rejoice. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is your fortified place. And the enemy knows that and doesn't want the people of God to be full of joy. Now, I realize when you teach along any line, when it comes to spiritual manifestations, you are always going to have excess and wildfire among the people of God. There is no question about that whatsoever. And uh, it's happening in the church world today. But just because there is excess and wildfire doesn't mean that there is a genuine move of God. As a matter of fact, wherever you have a genuine move of God, you're always going to have some brush fires. There's no question about that. You're going to have some wildfire that's going to take place. And what do you mean by that? I noticed in some of the services that we attended, you know, recently, actually within the last year, where people were ministering by the Spirit of God and others were interrupting what was going on by their laughter. See, there's always a need for accurate teaching when it comes to the move of the Spirit of God. There's always a need for accurate teaching. As a matter of fact, in one of the meetings at camp meeting... It was the last night of camp meeting. And many were beginning to laugh and yielding themselves to the Spirit in that manner. And they were just having a good time in the Lord laughing. And Brother Hagin was ministering the Word of God. Uh, you know, he stands in the office of a prophet and he had some revelation that he needed to give to the people. And he tried to calm the people down. And he spoke these words. He said, if you can hold it for a while, there are some things that God wants to do in this service tonight. You see, beloved, there is a, a need for us to be alert and to be aware of just how the Spirit of God is actually moving in our midst. We can yield to the Holy Ghost and laugh and have joy just as you can yield to the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues and give a message in a church service. 
And even though the Spirit of God is in manifestation, it doesn't mean He is going to interrupt what He is actually doing in that church through the one who is in charge of the church service. And so finally, He got people calmed down. It took Him much persuasion, but He did. And He got the people calmed down, and then He was able to finish what God had instructed Him to do in that particular meeting. And then, of course, he said, after I'm done doing what God would have me to do, then I'll turn you loose. You know, you can go ahead and have a good time. And so there is proper order even when the Spirit of God is moving, you know, in various ways. Now, let me just share with you some, some things that actually took place. Not in this particular meeting, but in times past. Situations took place where, for example, this one woman was caught up in the Spirit And while she was caught up in the Spirit, she was walking like I am and walked right off of a platform and was dancing in the air. Walking in the air. Walking out there in the air by the unction of the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine that? What did you do in church last night? We watched some lady walk in the air. I mean, what would you think about that? What would your friends think about that? What would they think about you? What would they think about your church? My goodness... And you know what? As a result of this person walking out in midair, every person in the house that was unsaved got saved. Wouldn't you? There was a situation where, I don't know if you heard this one, someone was playing the piano and then had to leave to do something else. The piano played by itself. And it wasn't a player piano. You say, does God do things? Sometimes He does. Now, I don't know about you, but I've read over there in the Bible where it says that Jesus spit on people and healed them. Didn't you? I guess that was inspired by the Holy Ghost. Now, there's no precedence for that in the Word of God, but He was inspired by the Holy Ghost to do that, and in so doing, people got healed. One time, he sp- the Bible says He spat on the ground, made clay out of the spittle, and touched a fellow's eyes. He went and washed in the pool of Siloam and came back seeing. And once again, we don't have a scripture for that in the Bible, but it was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost and the result was glorious. I mean, this individual got his eyesight back. And we thank God for that. Now, we don't have any scripture that says you can walk off the platform and dance in the air. But under the inspiration and unction of the Holy Ghost, this individual did that. I'm sure it was doing it unknowingly. I know sometimes I find myself walking back and forth and before long I've got to watch exactly where I'm going. don't want to just, you know... I don't want to be out of the Spirit if I ever get off that first step. Amen? Amen. But those are some of the things that uh, took place. There was another situation where a woman stood for eight hours and 40 minutes as a statue. Eight hours and 40 minutes as a statue, and this person could not be moved. As a matter of fact, her eyes were open. You can look right into her. She was stiff, holding her hand up in the air and could not move her body. These individuals that weigh well over 200 pounds tried to pick her up under her arms to move her off and they could not move her. It was impossible for them to pick her up. You know, people get inquisitive when they see something like that happen. Can you imagine standing on a street corner somewhere and you're stuck in midair just like that or in the middle of an intersection somewhere? Can you imagine what kind of attention you would get? But you see, beloved, these things take place as signs and wonders when the Spirit of God is in manifestation. Why? 
Because God wants to get people's attention. And He'll use many different kinds of means in order to do so. We've got to be aware of that. And we have got to give place to the Spirit of God, allowing Him to move as He sees fit. If we don't yield ourselves to Him, there's not going to be a whole lot that He can do. But if we are consciously aware of the fact that sometimes all He wants us to do is get together and magnify God and praise God and just give Him opportunity to move within our midst, we'll just gather together and never give Him that place. That's why we've got to have Holy Ghost meetings. When people come together and are serious about yielding to the Spirit of God, regardless of how He is moving, no matter what it is that He would have to do, people are serious about waiting upon the Lord, about giving place to the Spirit of God, allowing Him to manifest Himself in our midst, in various ways. There are different manifestations of the Holy Ghost. I realize there are nine gifts of the Spirit, but these are manifestations, signs and wonders. The Bible said there would be signs and, and wonders as well. We also understand if you read the book of Ezekiel, you'll find out when the Spirit of God entered into Ezekiel and picked him up off of his feet. When the Spirit of God entered him, he fell down, prostrate before the Lord, but then... He arose up when the Spirit of God entered into him and picked him up and set him up back on his feet. Now, these are things we know took place. These are things that happened when the Spirit of God was in manifestation. And there are certain reasons why they do happen. And in some cases, it's for signs and wonders to take place, to get a hold of people's attention. And they can take place not just in church services, beloved. They can take place in our lives as we are yielded to the Spirit of God even where we live in our home. But what I'm saying tonight, beloved, is that God wants us to acknowledge the fact that we are not in control of everything. We've come together tonight, not so that we could put together some kind of a format and say we're going to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've come together tonight to say we want to allow the Spirit of God to have an opportunity to manifest Himself in our midst as He sees fit in whatever way, in whatever manner, whatever diversity, we want Him to have His way. We want to be sensitive to His movings. We want to be sensitive to how He wants to demonstrate Himself. We want to grow in our understanding of how to yield to the Spirit of God. And we just want to cooperate with Him so that He can do in our midst what He wants done. And beloved, I realize when you start saying that, you've got people sitting out there saying, Well, I'm not going to bring my friend to a Sunday night service. Oh, I was going to ask John to come with me, but not now, because you'll never know what's going to happen. Beloved, I believe God knows a whole lot more than we do. Boy, I need to say that again. God knows a whole lot more than we do. And God can reach people by His Spirit. Do you believe that? And if we'll just give place to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will convict the people that are coming into the church services. And under the conviction of the Spirit of God, no matter what takes place, they're going to be touched. Now, I realize there may be some wildfire, and that's okay. If there's wildfire, you know, we just have to deal with wildfire. But I'd rather have some wildfire than no fire. Amen. What about you? 
I'd rather have the move of God than no move of God. Now, as far as yielding, you know, like yielding to the Spirit of God, someone sitting out there right now, now you're going to tell me I've got to sit here and laugh. No, I'm not telling you you have to sit out there and laugh. You don't have to laugh if you don't want to. But it's catchy. It's catchy. Well, why would God do that? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There's not enough laughter in this world. Look at a news forecast. Look at the reports all over the TV. I mean, you know, one night I was trying to catch the weather. I went through murder, rape, kidnapping, bombs, and... By the time I got to the weather, I said, does it really matter? Does it really matter? There's not enough laughter in the world today. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not in what we eat or drink. It's in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God wants us full of joy. God wants us full of laughter. God wants us to express ourselves. Matter of fact, look at Psalm 1. You're close by. Look at Psalm 1. 49 and 150. In Psalm 149, we begin by reading in verse 1, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And His praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. God wants us joyful. Let them praise His name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto Him with the timbrel and the harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in His people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Hallelujah. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. You hear that? Can you imagine having about four houses in the neighborhood with their windows open that are believers on a nice cool evening? Maybe some of the uh, others are sitting out there on the porch and you retire a little bit early and you're lying back on your bed And you're reading Psalm 149. And all of a sudden, all of you in unison begin to chime in together, lifting your voice on high to God like Paul and Silas did when they were in prison at the dark hour of their lives. And they begin to magnify God and they begin to sing loud upon their beds. And then all of a sudden throughout the neighborhood were heard high praises of God in their mouth. Can you imagine... My brother and sister, can you imagine what would take place? I'm telling you, people would think you might be crazy. They might think that you finally lost it. But I believe that the Spirit of glory and of our God could be in manifestation. I believe that God's power in manifestation will come upon those that experience the joy of the Lord and express themselves outwardly because of the joy that is there inwardly. 
Beloved, if your cup is running over, it's because you're full on the inside. If you're not full on the inside, it won't spill over to the outside. But if your cup is filled with and full of the power and the joy and the glory of the living God, you can't help but to voice your praise on high. If you're not singing and shouting and magnifying the Lord God Almighty, I kind of wonder what is on the inside. Is our tank empty? It must be. If it's full, it will overflow. You can't help but to shout a hallelujah when your heart is filled with the joy of the Lord. You can't help but to say praise God and glory to the living God when the spirit man on the inside of you is just filled with the life and the nature and the power and the joy and the peace of the living God. And God says, I want you to be joyful. Let those high praises flow out of you. Look over to the 150th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according unto His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon loud cymbals. Praise Him upon high-sounding cymbals. Then, let everything that hath breath. Have you got breath tonight? I said, have you got breath tonight? Let everything that hath breath quietly, softly, and with great reserve whisper, whisper before the Lord. I heard someone say on the radio one time, listen to a broadcast, said, I am so excited about God. Well, I thought, let me give this fellow an opportunity to really let go. They just wanted to say, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am. Do you ever just want to grab a microphone? (laughs) Do you ever want to just grab a microphone? Just want to say, well, then shout. Praise God with all of your might. I mean, there was no enthusiasm there whatsoever. Beloved, the Bible tells us that if we have breath, we are to praise the Lord. If we have breath, we are to rejoice in the God of our salvation. You see, something on the inside needs to get to the outside, and that's what God wants. And so, beloved, I believe we are going to give time to the Holy Ghost in these meetings. And we are just going to come together before God, and we are going to express our joy. We are going to sing, we're going to shout, we are going to praise, we're going to magnify the Lord our God and let the Spirit of God fall and the Spirit of glory fall upon the children of the Most High God. We are going to voice our praise on high and we're going to let our God know we desire to have the manifestation of the Holy Ghost and power. We don't want any imitation whatsoever. We want the genuine. We want the real. We want the move of God within our midst. We want what God is doing fresh upon the earth and in society today. We want to give ourselves so that through us He can reach us through us the highways and byways of life and get a hold of people that are out there and bring them on in by His magnetic power. And I believe that's exactly what God is looking for us to do. He wants us to be a yielded people. 
And as we yield ourselves and acknowledge that apart from Him we can't do it, but with Him we can, then there's going to be a great and mighty work that will be done. Would you all gather around this altar with me tonight? And would you lift your voice on high? Would you magnify the Lord your God? Would you express the joy that is in your innermost being? Would you lift your heart unto heaven right now? And would you express the gratitude and the thanksgiving and the joy that you have in you? Would you open up your mouth wide and let God fill it? Would you allow the Spirit of the Most High God to fill you to overflowing? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.